Hello and welcome. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Lily. And this is Little Home Organised, a podcast dedicated to helping you declutter, get organised and reclaim time for the things you love. The other time I think it's good to say no is when it's encouraging enabling behaviour. Yeah, yeah. Don't, never, never store things that are illegal for somebody else. You don't want to incriminate yourself in a crime. And if someone's no. like, hey, I just need to store these mysterious bags at your house. Or these uh, brand new TVs. Or this brand new set of TVs. They just fell off the back of a truck. Hello and welcome. This week's episode, we're going to be talking about storing other people's stuff. We'll chat about when is a good time to store something for your family or friends, what items you should never store, and how to start a conversation about someone getting their stuff out of your space. Bonnie, first things first, I actually want to do a little shout out to our listeners. So we actually have an international audience. Do we? We are listened to in over 26 countries that Aww. we know of at the moment, which is really cool. Gracias. Thank you. Thank you well. Arigato. Yeah. Oh, arigato gozaimasu. Yep. That's about all I can think of right now. Oh, well done. Thank you. So cultured. Yes. <laughs> but it's really awesome. I love having an international audience. And of course, we love our um, our homegrown audience here in Australia too. But two, two places I wanted to point out, we actually have quite a large following in Norway and in, cool. s- and in Singapore. Oh. I know. I thought that was really cool. And I wondered if Singapore had anything to do with the huge expat community that they have there at the moment. Um, but yeah, Norway. So random, right? You know what? Give us a shout out if you're in Norway, because I would love to go to Norway sometime and I'd love to know someone there that yeah. I can go and stay with. Actually, Cheap accommodation, hey? Yeah. I don't think any of us are going to be traveling for some time, but no. you know, let's let's make friends now and we'll come visit later. Yeah. Long-term plan. But uh, you know, you can tell us a bit more about Norway and what's to, what to see and do there. And even Singapore, you know, I've heard it's like one of the cleanest cities in the world. Yes. I've been to Singapore I a couple of times and it's lovely. Oh, it would they're, be amazing. They're, they're very well organized, actually. Ah, <laughs> it all all makes sense. Yeah. So just yeah. a huge shout out to our audiences here in Australia and overseas. It's so lovely to have you guys listening to us. Uh, if you are enjoying the podcast as well, feel free to jump on Apple Podcasts and write a rating and review and let us know that you're enjoying the podcast. It really does mean a lot to us and it helps more people who've never heard of the podcast find us as well. Now we're talking about storing other people's stuff and I think this is such a timely episode because we are about to go and store stuff at other people's houses. But first of all, you've been overseas for nearly six years, was it? You've been back for about a year now and yep. you've done the whole um, summer camps, ski season, all that kind of stuff. And you stored stuff at other people's houses. So what did you store? Everything that didn't fit into that suitcase. So we basically, when we got married, we saved and saved for a couple of months before we started going overseas. And during that time, we house sat. That's and a great money saver. Yeah. And it's awesome because people, you know, like you can build up a bit of like a house sitting resume. And so people mm. feel like they're getting somebody that they can trust and, yes. you know, they can check your it's references. It's all about your references and yeah. that word of mouth referral. And it's awesome for you. You save money, you're not paying rent uh, and you're not committed anywhere. And it's awesome for them um, because they're not having to pay anyone for the service. We just did it as a mutually beneficial arrangement. But it meant from the get-go, 
all of our stuff, once we like left our individual homes, needed somewhere to be stored. And then we went overseas and then all of our stuff needed to be stored um, somewhere more long-term. So and this is more than just the glory box of stuff you were saving up in your teenage years for yeah. when you got married. <laughs> no, exactly. That blanket box was filled and then it, it was brimming out into other spaces. Yeah. <laughs> and um, before you know it, we'd been away for six years and we had left a bunch of stuff at my husband's parents' house, which is actually where we currently live now. And you would have heard me referring to the storage room of doom. Yes. And that is literally our life. And in the first couple of years that we were traveling, we didn't accumulate much stuff to bring back and add to the room. But in the last two years, we were it was the first time we were actually in like one country for more than six months. Mm. And we bought furniture and we bought a few other things. And a car. And a car. We didn't bring the car back. Transferring cars internationally is hugely expensive. So we, we sold the car there. But there was like a few pieces of furniture we left because we didn't love it. But the pieces that really meant a lot, we were really intentional. We brought them back. But now we've brought them back to a house which is fully catered for with furniture. So our stuff just got put into storage. Mm, so the storage room of doom kind of expanded to accumulate the stuff you've brought back. After yeah, that's how trips. it achieved that doom status. Yeah. What about you? So uh, we've we've done storage a couple of times. So first of all, when we got married, I think we're nearly 11 and a half years married now, um, we did a year of house sitting because we really wanted to experience different houses. We knew that we were likely going to be moving about a year and out into our marriage because of my husband's career. And so we just thought, oh, look, let's do it while we've got no kids, got no responsibilities, let's do it. And it was awesome because we really learned what we liked about different houses. But in the meantime... Um, we did store a bit of stuff at our parents' house and it wasn't huge because like both of us had lived at home and we hadn't lived out of home before we got married. And so we didn't have all this furniture and blah, blah, blah. It was just really like that glory box type stuff and, mm. you know, maybe a few sentimental things from your childhood bedroom. So we had a really small amount and I don't even remember where it necessarily got stored and we house that for a year and then we moved up to Townsville and so we took all our stuff and it was like, oh, wow, it's like Christmas unwrapping the stuff. Isn't that it? Had been, After yeah. it's been in storage and for it was a while. In, it was only a year, but it was like all these wedding presents and that was probably the biggest amount of stuff we had to store was wedding presents, I think. Oh, yeah. And now we've just actually sold our house and we settle uh, in the next kind of five weeks and um, we will be moving back into our parents' house. You're uh, joining the club. You've seen the light. I know. <laughs> I know. It's a bittersweet moment because I have loved, you know, being the matriarch of our house and just having, yeah, things the way I like it. And so now it's like reverting back to childhood but yeah like having to be really conscious of another adult and or another couple and and the way they like to do things and our parents have been in that house now for I don't know 18 years so we are accommodating for sure yeah we're the intruders we're the aliens yeah um and I'm moving back into my old bedroom (laughs) oh (laughs) which is so funny circle moment so full circle so we are downsizing hugely to do this move and our move there is only temporary because we're planning on buying a block on the Sunshine Coast and building not a tiny house but a smaller house and having lots of space to be able to run around and let the kids get dirty. So we are going into this phase of, yeah, storing things at other people's house. So this is very timely. Absolutely. And I mean, for you guys, you're downsizing. <laughs> so And you don't actually have too much stuff anyway because you're, you're someone who is very intentional with their home and their clutter and keeping on top of it. So you don't even have much. But even for you in this transition, there's stuff that you think, I will need this soon and so I have to find somewhere to store it. And this episode is all about the people 
who say yes to taking on the storage items. Yes, and when you should say yes and when you should say no. That's it. (laughs) Which can be a bit of a dividing topic because I think often, especially when it's family or when it's people we love dearly, we uh, overburden ourselves with their stuff and their responsibilities and we'll say yes Uh, sometimes maybe we should be saying no though. Yeah, there's definitely a selflessness to it as like this is something simple that I can do to take care of somebody else. But it comes a point where these things can be problematic and we're not taking care of ourselves and putting in place boundaries to look after our family and our home as well. And there's multiple reasons that people do bring stuff into the home. And one of the most challenging things is I think is when it's something that you're holding for a family member, for a kid, Yeah, so like when they've moved out to go to university or they've moved away for a job, they've just basically packed up the suitcase and they've left. And then they've left their childhood bedroom and they don't know if they're coming back. When they're coming back, maybe they've gone off to college for four years and there's this bit of uncertainty. That can be a time where we would store things for them. What's interesting about that college comment is here in Australia, it's very common that we commute to uni. Yes, there's not often a lot of moving into state for it. No. In America that's a that's like yes. common practice, isn't it? Yes, but a lot of my American friends their childhood bedrooms are untouched. Yeah, I always have, find that so interesting in the movies, in the movies and stuff. Yeah. I'm thinking, oh, I wonder if that's actually how it is. Like the trophies, the banners on the wall, all that, like the pictures yeah. on the mirror. Yeah. And, and I just wonder, yeah, like is yeah, it? Yeah, because it's like the, the you know, shrine. That's, you know, that's Kate's room. And even though Kate's gone off to college, Kate will be back in a few months and then this is her room again. Mm. And, you know, it can be really hard because it's also, it, yeah, it is a, a bit of a shrine, but it, it's like their place and it's hard to... Uh, do anything with it to make it a functional room. Like if you are an empty nester and your kids have moved out, it can be like, oh, I want to be able to accommodate them. But, you know, are you also able to have the space to for the things that matter to you now at this point in your life? Like do you have hobbies and things that you'd like to do, but all your rooms are still set up from all your children that still live at home? The other thing that I think as a parent I'm starting to become more and more aware of is you don't want your children to feel like you've pushed them out of your life. Yeah. <laughs> and when you pack up their room when they've moved off to college like – you know, a week ago, there might be that feeling of there's no space for me at my parents' house anymore. And especially I think if Mm. you're not sure where you're going after college or whether you're going back to your hometown or whether you're moving on to somewhere new, there can be that uncertainty of the fear of the future. And so I think for some parents, keeping the bedroom the way that it always has been- Says you're welcome. You're always welcome. Says you're welcome. But on the flip side, I've spoken to people who have had their parents pack up their bedroom after they've left and they're totally fine with it. So it really just depends on the dynamic. On the person. Yeah. I found it really hard leaving and coming back and being like, no, this is my bedroom. (laughs) This is my bedroom. This is my bright purple bedroom. Get out of it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'll have you know, it's bright pink. The (laughs) the hottest eye piercing version of pink you can imagine. That was the color of my bedroom. It is pretty awesome. So the reasons that we we do store people's stuff or, or in our case, the reasons people store our stuff was we, you know, we moved out or moved away. Another reason is, as we mentioned, these life transitions. So like say that someone in your life is between homes, but you know they're going to another home and you're just housing their stuff in that temporary transitional period. Um, you maybe know. maybe they need to move into state, but they can't for six months for some, some reason, but they just need to get out of the house because it was a rental or they need to sell it now because of the economic climate. Like there can be some really good reasons why you would store somebody's stuff for them. Yeah. And, and these are some of them. And I think one controversial reason that people might be storing other people's stuff is let's say 
you're a parent and your daughter, Jane, is living in a rental and the rental agency has said, hey, Jane, this house is too cluttered. It's not up to the standard of the rental. Mm. You need to declutter. We need to make sure you're keeping things hygienic or orderly and safe. And Jane's only option is to either declutter or give her stuff away. And rather than face the challenge of decluttering and working through that, it becomes a later problem. And so Mm -hmm. Jane's Band-Aid solution is then she gives it to her parents. The flip side of that as well is if you're someone that for some reason has like maybe a disability, so whether it's a psychosocial disability or a physical disability, and the rental agency has said you need to clean up, the house is too cluttered, you might not have the physical or emotional capacity to actually do the decluttering. absolutely. Or if you're someone who has is in a really challenging mental health position. Mm, Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to talk a little bit about when it might be good to say yes to storing stuff for people that you love, whether it's friends or family. And I think of at the moment we have had this table. So my brother-in-law and his wife, they downsized from like your standard four-bedroom, two-bathroom, quite a large house on a large um, block. And they downsized quite intentionally to a two-bedroom cottage uh, on a smaller block. And because they've like really reduced their mortgage, their lifestyle has much improved and they're feeling much more relaxed and happy. And they've they've said like it's been an amazing change for them. And even though the two girls who are pre-teenage are sharing a bedroom, um, it's actually working out really well for them. That's awesome. And they had this amazing outdoor table. Like you could fit 12 adults comfortably, 18 to 20 people a little bit more squished. Like it's just huge. And where they had it at their old house was like the perfect space where you had plenty of room around it. But when they downsized, there was no patio. There was no place to be able to put this table, but they loved it so much. And they saw that we had a patio space and no great table. And so they said, would you like to store it? And if you guys ever move or you want to, you know, sell it or whatever, like let's chat about it and we'll kind of make a decision. So it was kind of theirs, kind of ours. Um, And what was awesome about it is as soon as it came into our patio, we all of a sudden then could have family dinner at our place with the 15 or 16 people. So that us storing that for them and now we're planning to move and we're going to sell it or give it to another family, that has been awesome for us storing it because it's actually really benefited us. Yeah, it's been a blessing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a win-win situation and I think that's the key when you're sort storing other people's stuff, I think it's got to be beneficial for both parties. Another thing I think is if someone was to give me stuff and say, hey, can you store this for me until the 30th of this month? Yes, a deadline. That's really important to remember because when you say do what you guys did and we're going overseas for one ski season, which turned into six years. Yeah, there's, exactly. There's no deadline. And I mean- No, well, originally there was. Was there? There was the deadline of, oh, we're going to be coming back this time. And then we came back and said, oh, actually, we're going to go again. And then we went again. <laughs> oh, that's right. You did. Yeah. And then we did that like three or four times. And then we were like, oh, actually, we're moving overseas. And then we shipped a lot yes, of our stuff yes, over. that's right. And then we shipped more stuff back. <laughs> yes. Um, but I think a clear deadline is important because it says, hey, now- I respect that maybe this is a slight inconvenience. Maybe this will clutter up your house a little bit, but I promise it's only for a short period of time. So setting that time frame 
down can say to this other per, you know, say the person who is storing the stuff, there is a limit. And There's a boundary. There is a boundary. And boundaries we know are, are super important. The other thing to think about as well is the quantity of stuff. So you can say yes when the quantity of stuff that someone needs to store is actually going to fit. Is it size appropriate? Or does it mean that you actually have to pack up half of your house and condense all of your stuff and your living areas just to be able to fit their stuff in? Yeah. Or even like, let's say you, you're someone who really likes to, you have like an additional space, like a rumpus room and you like to entertain. Like I know at my um, in-laws place, when we were away, I inherited a cabinet and it's a cabinet that I want to use in my own home, but I didn't have- Oh, the this is from our grandparents. Yeah. I didn't have the space for it. And so it ended up in their rumpus room and it's managed to be shifted off to the side and they've actually filled it with board games. So it's become functional for them. But you can imagine, let's say I inherited 10 cabinets. I don't know why. Won the lottery. <laughs> Who wants 10 cabinets? Not me. Uh, if I had nowhere to s- store them and I wasn't being intentional about decluttering them and expected to store it in that extra rumpus room- that rumpus room is designed for entertaining and having guests and parties. That's impinged on their lifestyle and their ability yes. to have people over. And that wouldn't be, you know, that wouldn't be fair for me to do that. So I think the quantity is important as well. But speaking of things that I have done where I have been clearly um, violating, violating boundaries. boundaries. <laughs> it's not a clutter confession per se. She's Let's li- talk she's- about the elephant in the room or should we say the dog? The dog. So long story short, I fostered a dog for a friend for six months and it was soon after our family dog had passed away. And so I was really mm-hmm. looking for something to emotionally invest um, too much energy into. And so this dog and was to it. to sneak up into your bedroom <laughs> at night when mum didn't look. <laughs> she does know. I hate to tell you she knows. What? She knows. <gasps> they can, oh. <laughs> Do they really know? They really know. Oh, that's really bad. <laughs> well, she hasn't talked to you about it. So it's no, that, that means in the that past. No, that just means she's that mad. Okay, moving <laughs> it's on. It's hibernating. It's just going to explode. <laughs> so um, I really cared for this dog and I fostered her for six months. And then his original owner said, hey, we can't give her the home that we want to anymore. Would you mind yeah, taking because, her and keeping because they her? Had- and so I said, yes, because I was like loving this dog and I was fully committed to having her. And I didn't know how my life would change and that I would decide to go overseas with my husband. And so it started off with, hey, mum and dad, can you look after the dog for six to nine months? And then that happened for multiple years. And then I was away for two years and now she's their dog, basically. I mean, I, I pay for all of her financials, but they emotionally take so care of paying, her. So you're paying child support? For the dog, yeah. And you have visitation <laughs> rights? I do. Mm-hmm. And every time I, I go and see her, she's still just as happy to see me. She's so loving and forgiving. But, you know, I think when you think of, the practical, of her as a practical example, like they agreed to say yes to taking her on – but that should always be the case. Like the people who take on your stuff should be happy be, to have that extra res- yeah, responsibility. They should be willing and ready for that responsibility. It shouldn't be burdensome for them. Mm, definitely. Okay. I think it's time for a clutter confession. And when we come back, we're going to talk about when it's maybe not a good time to say yes to storing someone's stuff. Clutter confessions. <laughs> hey girls. Long time listener, first time caller. Uh, My clutter confession is that I'm currently standing in my garage uh, where we have eight sets of pads. Uh, These are cricket batting pads, Uh, three spare helmets, uh, four spare cricket bats and 14 sets of gloves uh, that potentially have not been used for probably three or four seasons now. Basically, I get given my gear now, but 
at one point in my life I obviously had to use my hard-earned cash for this hobby of playing cricket and therefore I feel very very attached to it and like throwing it out would be a complete waste of my hard-earned cash so consequently they sit in the garage and take up room and I really can't see the next time that they're going to be used Um, so any suggestions I'm all ears you know what with that amount of like cricket pads and gloves and things like that, if there was to ever be a zombie apocalypse, they would be so ready. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the protective yeah. gear. We've got the bats. Yeah, we've got the weapons. Yeah, we're good. Has he got helmets too? Oh, he must. Yeah. Oh, that's that's wild. That's a huge collection. But it's so true what he said about he gets it free now, but it's his hard-earned cash. It's the money you spend. Yeah, and especially if you're a teenager or you're in your early 20s and you're just kind of stepping into that phase of paying for your own things, whereas beforehand maybe your parents paid for them, then it really becomes more of a responsibility and an ownership thing for you because it is the money that you have worked really hard to earn and to spend. And so getting rid of the stuff that represents that money seems even more difficult. But, you know, I'm really glad he clarified when he said pads at first. I thought that's really odd that a bloke's owning up to having ladies' hygiene products. (laughs) (laughs) Whew. Yeah. But we do have some good news for you, Anonymous Caller. There are plenty of charities out there, uh, especially ones like Books for P&G Kids, who love taking your unused sporting goods. Oh, absolutely. And giving them to these kids in rural communities, some in Australia, some overseas. So get in touch with us and we will be able to point you in the right direction. We want to hear your clutter confessions. So head to our Facebook page, send us an audio message of something weird, wacky or wonderful you've held onto. A kooky item, an interesting collection. We'd love to hear it and we keep it anonymous. Now, there are some times when it might be good for us to say no to storing people's stuff. And I think the most obvious one is when you don't have the space or when it makes your space too cluttered and unsafe. And that might come in the form of your home's already very cluttered. And so by adding someone else's stuff in, it makes it even more cluttered. Yeah. Or... If you're storing stuff, say in a garage, say you've got a spare single car garage and you say, okay, you can put whatever you need to in there. If they've stacked it so high that it's like the leaning tower of Pisa in there, that's not safe for anybody to be in there. So that then is a time where you have to say, nope, there's too much. You've got to take some of it out. I think another reason will definitely have to be responsibility. Like we talked about with Lolly, like if you're the dog, the dog, yeah, Everyone knows my dog. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But if you're um, impinging extra responsibilities onto other people, so if – Is that even a word? To impinge. Impinging extra responsibilities. Well, that's a sentence. Yeah, it is a sentence, but is it the right verb? Do you want to pause the podcast and look that up right now? (laughs) No, I don't. But anyway. It's impinging on other people. Yeah, okay, cool. All right. Great debate topic. (laughs) (laughs) We're not doing the kombucha thing again. Okay. Oh, I need to check the results of that to see if I am right. I think it was 50-50 last time I looked. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Oh, divisive. I know. That does not help us at all. Come on, people. Put your votes in. Go to the the little home organized community on Facebook and vote. Is it kombucha or kombucha? Yeah, we definitely know that. Whatever it is, Bonnie's wrong. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> if if you're putting extra responsibilities onto people, yeah, like the dog, like the dog as an example, but even things that need maintenance to keep them in good condition, like you or shouldn't if, be. Or g- if you have like really high standards, I would like to store this at your house, but you need it to can't, oil. It you cannot to, get dusty. Or it cannot get wet. You need to oil it and wax it. Why do we go to a British accent? I don't know. Every time we do that. <laughs> Sorry for everybody in the UK. <laughs> <laughs> like that's not fair to burden somebody else with a responsibility. Mm, um, the upkeep. It's not just the storage then. It's it's the maintenance and the upkeep that you're adding to them as well. And like some of you listening might think, well, what kind of person would do that? And I think it is that as children, we do do this to our parents. I like, was going to say, just ask Lily. She yeah, I mean, I left, dog. Dog. I left like, them my dog. Like it is like this expectation that at the end of the day, my parents will take care of me and, and, and do what they They'll can. They'll do anything for me because that's what parents do. And they they sacrifice and they love And they love us. But there needs to be boundaries. Like we need to be mindful of enabling behaviours and we need to set boundaries to protect ourselves and protect our time. The other time I think it's good to say no is when it's encouraging enabling behaviour. Yeah. So if you've got someone in your life that says, I've got too much stuff, the rental agency is going to kick me out if I don't get rid of some of it and I can't go through it and it's an excuse, not a reason, then you might be, by saying yes to storing their stuff, encouraging, enabling behaviour of not making decisions, not letting go of clutter, whatever it might be. Like the story I heard the other day from a real estate agent who sold a house to a man whose wife had filled the first house with stuff and he needed to buy a second house next door. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for them to move into. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's incredible. I mean, that's extreme. That is extreme. But, but it's a va- totally valid point. But I had heard about it plenty of other times. Wow. Um, when you talk about like the hoarding shows and stuff in America, there was a lot of talk about yeah, yeah. people doing yeah. multiple houses. And, and this, and again, like, you know, you, you referenced earlier, keeping in mind um, those people with disabilities, those people with mental health issues who may struggle to make these decisions. Well, that's like enabling the behavior. Is that helping them in the long run? Or is that a cue that it's like, hey, this is time as a, as a community, as your support network. We to, need to deal with this. To help. To help. And I'm not just going to just take this stuff and we're, we're going to do something about it. You know, mm. I um, I can take your 10 sets of tables and chairs in my house. Yes, I could fit them. But is that ultimately benefiting you in the long run? Mm. Is it benefiting me? But, you know, I'm more concerned about your habits and attachments to things and like the, your mental health around how you identify yourself within your stuff. The other thing to remember with storage is that storage should be a temporary solution not a long-term solution so whenever we need to put something into storage it means that we're not using it we're just storing it so you also need to consider why am I storing it for how long am I storing it and what's the end goal of this (laughs) (laughs) I just had a thought maybe mum knows but dad doesn't who cares I care it was so long ago (laughs) I don't want dad to know. <laughs> What's he going to do? Lily, you took the dog into your room on the carpet. Oh, Naughty no. girl. <laughs> it's just disappointment. I don't want to disappoint <laughs> He's not going to. I'm gonna, a grown woman. <laughs> he's not going to take your dolls away. Okay. He's um, not going to smack your bottom. You'll be fine. Um, well, my dolls away. Total side note. Do you remember when he accidentally threw my bag of Barbies in yes, the bin? Yes. Oh, that was so sad. I think he, he actually, was sad. He I gave, was sad. Was that after a garage sale and he like gave? Yeah, it they was. They didn't like a, get bored, and then no, it was there. There was some kind of like charity sale at like church, and he, they were in like a plastic bag, and he accidentally threw the whole bag. When he he was doing a great thing, he was helping everybody clean yeah. up and threw them out, and like I I don't know why I'd taken them there. It must have been to play. Yeah, to keep you amused. Yeah, and. 
he then realized how expensive Barbies were because I'd accumulated them over years because <laughs> mum didn't just buy me 10 Barbies every year. She was really, in, you know, intentional that, you know, they're expensive, you get them and you love them, mm. you know. They're not that expensive nowadays though. Oh, I mean, I'm sure there's other things they've replaced that kids are into, but yeah. I remember him going to the shops with me because he felt so bad mm, and I felt dad. so sad. And he, when he looked at the price of the Barbies, he realised he couldn't afford at that time to replace what he'd All thrown of them. because they were so expensive and he was sad and I was sad. And <laughs> Everybody at the end of the day, we stopped talking about the dog. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, the last point that I want to make when you should say no to people storing stuff in your house is if it makes you resentful oh yes like why do that I mean don't do it don't do it to yourself it'll damage the relationship and then sometimes that can be irreparable and it's just not worth the effort and if you're resenting someone you're also in a position where again and I've talked about this in previous episodes if you think of yourself being like proactive and taking responsibility for your life versus blaming excuses and denial which again I'm going to go into in another episode in so much detail because I love it it's called living above and below the line when you are resentful, you are like blaming other people and feeling that other people are responsible for the way you feel. Mm. And it's like, you know, you know, we are, things happen to us in life, but we are also accountable for our own feelings and we need to own that. And we need to be responsible for, if if I resent the fact that you filled my lounge room with your stuff, then, you know, the problem here is not just you, it's me. Like I need to say, no, yes. I, I, I need to have my boundaries up. And it's that whole make your boundaries, respect your boundaries so that other people respect your boundaries also. Yeah, yeah. Give yourself some self-loving. And I think it goes without saying there are certain things you should just never store for somebody else. Like what? Oh, I don't know, like weaponry. <laughs> oh, you mean like a samurai sword? Oh, that's interesting. Or some firearms. Very specific. Uh, samurai sword, I guess, you know, you could get away if it was like safely stored up on a wall and on display maybe. It depends if it's- If, if it's, it's legit or not. If it's locked, I think I think actually here in Australia they, they, need to be they need to be in like some sort of locked display cabinet. If you're storing some stuff for your grandma and she has a set of nunchucks, you want to put them away? Yeah. Or <laughs> do you know what I actually found in our Olmer's apartment when I was what? decluttering? <laughs> Where's this sentence going? <laughs> was I thought it was a gun. It turned out to be a BB gun. Oh. But like I messaged my husband was like, oh, I think I've just found a handgun. Oh. And um, he's like, no, no, it's just a BB gun. It's okay. And I was like, oh. Phew. Oh, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't know. I was like, oh, my. Apples from oranges there. What do you have a gun in your wardrobe for? Alma has this whole whole other life she led that we clearly didn't know about. No, But yeah, not. never never store things that are illegal for somebody else. You don't want to incriminate yourself in a crime. And if someone's no. like, hey, I just need to store these mysterious bags at your house. Or these uh, brand new teeth. Or this brand new set of TVs. They just fell off the back of a truck. Yeah. You know, you're probably just going to go with, no, you don't want to be an accomplice for something. No. You know, respect your own boundaries and the life that you live outside of um, confinement. Um, yes. And then I would also say, don't store anything that is actually going to be unsafe. Yes. So like chemicals or things that are rusty or sharp or mold. Yes. And mold sometimes can be a little bit hidden, but if you know that by storing something in your house, it's going to like accumulate mold. And again, this comes with the whole upkeep thing. Yeah. Or if you live somewhere that's really humid and like plastic bags around clothes, clothes go moldy in humid climates when they're in plastic bags. Yeah. So like be mindful of those things. There are other reasons that, you know, it's not worthwhile taking on board that stuff for other people. If it smells funky, say no. Love it. Okay, so to, on to today's tidy task. So if, if you're storing stuff in your house for people, whether it's a kid that's moved out for university, friends that are temporarily overseas, start a conversation with them. If you want the stuff out of your space, 
it's time to start the conversation. So sit down with them at a time where you're not hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. You've all been well-fed and well-slept and in a good state of mind and just start the communication. Um, Set a deadline. Okay. Realistically, what's a time where you can get your stuff out because I'd like to reclaim this stuff? All right. Let's set a date for a month from today or whatever the deadline is and communicate your boundaries clearly. Then when a month passes or when you get close to the deadline, give a little reminder. Hey, just reminding you that that deadline is coming up in a week. If that person does not get their stuff out of your space, it is now up to you to make a decision. You've told them what's going to happen if the deadline passes and the stuff's not gone. So now it's up to you to follow through and make a decision about where it's going to go. And that is your very heavy, deep, tidy task for this week. Oh boy. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Whether you're in Australia, Norway, Singapore, or the States or anywhere else, we are so glad that you have chosen to have us in your ears. And remember, progress, not perfection. See you later. Bye. Hey, we'd love to keep the conversation going. Head over to the Little Home Organised community group on Facebook, ask questions, find motivation and share your before and afters. And if you enjoyed the show, please help us keep it going by hitting subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. It's free and ensures you do not miss an episode. But if you really want to share the love, leave us a rating and review. Trust me, it makes all the difference in the world.